Welcome to the Women Want Strong Men podcast. I'm your host, Amy Stuttle. I believe it takes a strong man to appreciate a strong woman, and I'm here to bring a unique perspective to empower both sexes. I love talking with health experts, thought leaders, influencers, and people who have insightful information to share with us about our health, our society, and our pursuit for success and prosperity. So today we have Dr. Yablonski back on the podcast. Thanks for being here, doctor. Always a pleasure, Amy. So he's actually in clinic today. So we're just taking a little break to do a quick update on some of these newer weight loss medications, which are semaglutide, which is brand name Wagovi or Ozempic, and then trizepatide, which is brand name Mongero. So Doc, what are you seeing in the clinical setting now that we've been doing this for several months? Well, a lot. So we're doing quite a bit of it here at Victory because we are able to get a very good source on a compounded semaglutide product. And that's the key because there's many frauds and fakes out there. So so you got to be careful who you deal with. And as a result, we can kind of keep the price down here. And so, yeah, we're having quite a few people. I don't have the full number yet, but there's not a day here that we don't have people coming in who are now on semaglutide and we have them on a typical protocol and we're just seeing success after success after success. As you know, everybody doesn't have the same pathway. Some people really need to get up to that maximum 2.4 milligrams before they really start getting what they want with the weight loss. And then we've had other people that at a low dose of say 0.5 milligrams are getting substantial weight loss. And it kind of follows the studies. And we can talk about that because if you recall, semaglutide had this big study called STEP, S-T-E-P, and there were five stages to it. And now step five just got released and published just last month. And what that's showing us again is over two years now, they've got two years of data showing sustained weight loss with semaglutide And on average, it's about 15.2% weight loss. Now, that's a lot of weight. If you're a, gosh, what's typical? Say you're a 250-pound man and you really want to weigh closer to 200, that's your goal. 15% of 250 is a lot of weight. So that's about, you know, what? Pushing 40 pounds, right? Okay. That's a lot. That's a game changer for most people. That's enough to get you off your diabetic meds. That's enough to get you off your blood pressure meds or at least less of it. You're feeling better. You feel like you're looking better. That's a huge amount of weight loss. And in women as well. Interestingly, we're a men's healthcare clinic, but we also do deal with women on this particular product. The study, the step five, was mostly women. It was like roughly 75% or so white women. So, you know, does that really reflect everybody? Not necessarily what I expected to be different in a black man versus a white woman. Probably not. And that's certainly not what we're seeing. But the studies are meant to be very precise and get deep in the weeds so that it tries to answer as many questions as possible. And the reality is it was mostly white women. The other day when we had a patient and one of the nurse practitioners brought his scale results to me. And we use an in-body scale. So it's a body composition analysis. And this patient within six months lost 60 pounds, consistently 10 pounds every single month. I mean, 60 pounds in six months. Game-changing weight. Game-changing weight. I mean, we're talking from Mm pre-diabetic to not even concerned about it. Yeah. And there is a fairly good chunk of people in this step five study that actually lost more like 20% weight and so of their body weight. 
And that's easier math for me, too, because I've got five in there. <laughs> you did that to yourself. 20% of 250 is 50. So I can do that right <laughs> off the bat. So that's easy. But it's really effective. Now, that being said, there are that minority of people that don't seem to respond as well as all the others. And, you know, why is that? I have my own unscientific but anecdotal theories on this. First of all, there could just be a genetics thing. I mean, that's the case with obesity in general, right? Some people can eat whatever they want, never get fat. Other people really don't eat that badly, but they just seem to accumulate weight. There's some truth in that. The genetics do make a difference, how you're hardwired. But most people misbehave, I've also found out. (laughs) So you really have to have that lifestyle component. And you also have to have it in your head that this product, ultimately the reason you lose weight is you eat less. It increases your satiety. That's a central nervous system trigger. These hormones work by ultimately your brain says, I'm full or I'm not hungry. And I think there's a percentage of people out there that really probably do fulfill the criteria for addiction when it comes to food. And so they still may be eating more than they really need to, maybe eating past where most people would say I'm full. They're like, eh, just a little bit more, a little bit more. And they're not exercising, maybe the alcohol. Now, a lot of people, probably the majority of people, I would say, tell me that their taste for alcohol diminishes with this. So they're drinking a lot less alcohol and it doesn't bother them. And it really is more difficult to overeat on this. We also get that feedback. Like if you just take a few bites more than what you're supposed to. You get nauseous. Yeah. 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 So, but there are some people that will still take that. They're just going to take that next bite. I'll be a little nauseous and diarrhea, no big deal. (laughs) (laughs) So, but this study, the the bottom line is we've got now got literally two years, 152 weeks specifically of 2.4 milligrams of semaglutide, and the weight loss is sustained at, on average, 15%. One of the things that's interesting when you look at the study, I was reading it this morning, and you look at the graphs and everything, is most of that weight loss is in the first year. So I want people to realize that when I say two years out, that doesn't mean it's going to take two years to lose the weight. You could lose all of your weight in less than a year. The key is these people stayed on that 2.4 milligram dose once a week. And they sustained the weight loss for two years out. Yeah, which is awesome. So let's talk about the difference between trizepatide, which is Monjero, and its competitor. We were going to name my daughter that. but we... <laughs> Who comes up with these names, Monjero? <laughs> yeah, who does? I don't know. Wagovi semaglutide. Yeah. So what are the differences there? Right. Well, there's a lot of similarities, but there's some differences, right? Okay, so... Semaglutide is, in terms of the category that we use in medical jargon and chemistry is a, or biochemistry, is a GLP-1 agonist. That means glucagon-like peptide is what GLP-1 is. And that's made in your intestines. And when you eat, it gets triggered. So basically, when we start eating, your body's already doing some things with hormones like GLP-1 to shut it down. We want to eat. We're going to make sure we get you full. Now, In some people, that goes a little haywire. But in general, that hormone is meant to eventually tell you you're not full or that you're full and you're not hungry anymore. Okay, so what this hormone does, semaglutide, is it just triggers that. And it causes increased amounts of this glucagon-like peptide, which causes early satiety, right? You get full quicker and you might be less hungry to begin with. So now that's semaglutide. If you now go into this other medicine, terzepatide or mongero, 
That also has a GLP-1 agonist in it, but it combines it with something called a GIP receptor agonist, which stands for, sorry, glucose-dependent insulinotropic polypeptide. That works on another hormone that is in your body called incretins, and this is another hormone that is associated with getting you full, telling you you're done eating, okay? So ultimately, it's a pile on this effect, right, to get you full, to not want to eat anymore. As it turns out, it's just, you know, as humans, we're, there's something in our brains that is so deep that says, eat, 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 eat more. Tastes good. If it tastes good, even yeah. better yet, right? And I don't care if you're skinny or you're fat, everywhere in between. All of us know that feeling of like, you know, I was so full, but it was so damn good. I couldn't stop. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, you complain. I'm miserable, for, but yeah, I kept it, doing it. Yeah. And then how about when you get really full and you still have just enough room for dessert, right? Yeah. So this is why the concept of turning that down and getting yourself full and a sense of being satisfied really turns out to be a key. Now, what's interesting is in this medication, terzepatide or Mongero, it even has more profound weight loss. So instead of the average person in the studies for semaglutide having 15% weight loss, Mongero is showing 22%. And there's always a fraction of people that are beyond that tiny fraction of people, right. right? So a lot of people will lose more than 22%. Same side effect profile, very, very safe. We don't have as long-term data like we do now on semaglutide because it came out first, but we're seeing big results. Now, as an internist and having other clinics where I do treat people in more traditional medical sense, and I treat a lot of diabetics, yeah, we are prescribing tons of semaglutide. We're getting better coverage with insurance in that capacity, but I can only seem to get it. I can only get it approved with diabetics, type two diabetics. You have to meet the criteria for diabetes. And what's nice is at Victory Men's Clinic, where we're more focused on wellness and health optimization, is we have people coming in who are going to be diabetic if they don't get some things turned around. And isn't it nice to intervene before you have the disease? Right. Right. And insurance doesn't really care about that yet. Maybe they will if they can find the return on investment because it all comes down to dollars and cents. But because of the way we do it here, because we don't interact with insurance companies, people are able to be proactive. We can we can get them on that. I don't want people to get too thrown off by which one of these should they get. I'll be honest with you. They both have, meaning semaglutide and Mongero or terzepatide, they both have profound weight loss effects, profound effects on your sugars coming down in a healthy way. The way they work is they won't make you go too low because they're glucose dependent. So you can take them, but you're not going to bottom out with hypoglycemia or sometimes people used to call it insulin shock when their sugars would go too low on insulin. You're going to get the blood pressures coming down. You're going to get the cholesterol still coming down. So they, they both have very, very similar benefits. It's just that we're seeing Mongero is perhaps even more powerful but then again, we have more data on semaglutide, and it's easier to get for people. And maybe it's a situation where when somebody gets to the max dose of semaglutide, that you start to look at moving over to Mongero potentially. Yeah, they still want to keep, because you do peak out. I mean, the, the weight loss, it's not going to keep going forever, right? Nor do we want that, Yeah. right? You do see in these studies where, you know, at some point, you, you kind of hit your maximum weight loss, and then people stay on these medicines to maintain it. Just a maintenance dose. Exactly. Now... The big question, and there's not a, an easy answer, is, well, once I start this, how long do I stay on it? And so a lot of that is, you know, I'm starting to answer that, like, well, how long do you think you want to stay on it? I yeah. mean, because we are seeing safety data, this medication, semaglutide, 
it's been out almost almost 15 years for diabetes. Yeah. And another thing that the, I've heard the patients say or the providers give me feedback on is that people that are wanting to do intermittent fasting, they find that being on this helps give them the ability to do that intermittent fasting because they're not feeling so hungry when they first wake up, right. especially if they're trying to do hit that fast coming out of yeah. out of sleep, which we all know the benefits of fasting at this point. So that's another cool f- feedback that we received from It'll the patients. It'll definitely help. It'll definitely help. Yeah. And we continue to sort of massage this criteria. Well, who do you start on this medicine, right? We don't put everybody on it. You really have to have a reason for it. We're not going to take somebody who's at their ideal body weight, ideal fat percentage. Now, David, Kim Kardashian needed to fit in Marilyn Monroe's dress for the Met. It was very, very important. Yeah. And so she really needed it. You know, we're going to have to agree to disagree with that (laughs) one. So, But I'm sure she can get whatever she wants from it somehow. Well, there's a lot of hub around it with they're calling it the skinny shot and inside those influential circles. And now some of those articles I feel like are a little misleading. They're like, oh, it's. $1,500 $1,500 a shot. Well, they're talking about the commercial brand coming brand. from the pharmacy. Yep. It's not that much actually per shot. There's just some, a little bit of misinformation right. in there. Just, but just so because it's so popular, I wonder if the prices are going up at some of these pharmacies. I mean, if I'm catering to the you know Hollywood elite A-list actors and actresses, you know, yeah, maybe for them it's fifteen dollars or $2,000 a shot, you know, $1,500. <laughs> I don't know. So we do much better here and we're not sacrificing anything. The key is quality. You got to be really careful where you get this. You can go online and probably get any you want now in life. Right. I wouldn't recommend yeah, it. Yeah. You want to make sure you know where you're, where you're getting your uh, medication absolutely. from. So you mentioned that you had an interesting patient today. Why don't you tell us about him? Well, yeah, because we still continue to decide, well, who should we put on these potent medicines, semaglutide or trisepatide? For weight loss. And, you know, it's easy when somebody's obese or especially morbidly obese. I mean, those are easy targets, so to speak. But for example, I had this guy come in today, maybe it was yesterday. And if you looked at this guy's numbers, because we have the in-body scale you mentioned earlier. And so, you know, his fat percent's not bad, about 20%. And we always say, ideally, you're going to be less than 20% for, for a man. Okay. So that's hardly obese. That's not a number I would expect to walk in and go, wow, this, this guy really has a weight problem. He's on uh, hormone optimization. He's feeling good. His numbers look great in terms of his blood tests. And so then I walk in the room. Before I went in there, somebody mentioned, hey, he may want to talk about semaglutide. So I'm looking at all this stuff going, there's no way. I'm not going to put this guy in semaglutide. And I walk in and I, and I was sort of struck by, this guy's got a gut. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, maybe it depends where that 20% body fat accumulates. But it also reminded me, I hope as many people as possible hear what I'm saying, and I hope doctors hear this and nurses and anybody who's clinical, your eyes are still important. And it's a really important part about what I do for a living as a physician. There's nothing wrong with getting numbers and and looking at benchmarks and averages and, and guidelines, but your eyes don't lie. I'm looking at somebody and this guy's got a metabolic problem. Right. He's got that gut fat. And we all know that that's more biologically active. We all know that's got a higher chance of leading to cardiovascular disease and diabetes and so forth. So what's the bottom line in terms of the absolute body fat percentage or criteria for how much weight someone needs to lose before you start them on these medications? I think we can come up with guidelines and we have them in averages, but remember to use your common sense. 
Okay, well, that's it for 15 on a Friday. We just wanted to catch up about some of these weight loss medications since it's been a few months since our last podcast. I appreciate everybody tuning in and I will attach the studies in the show notes. Thank you very much.